0: Or God in heaven, may we be sanctified in the truth. Send us your truth through your word. Help it to be not just information for our minds, but transformation of our souls and hearts. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. In 1931, a theologian named Emil Bruner wrote these words, the church exists by mission, just as fire exists by burning. Think of that. Where there is no mission, there's no church where there's neither church or mission there's no faith it is secondary to ask the question of should I be involved in foreign missions or preaching in my home church or preaching at home to my children gospel preaching he says is the spreading out of the fire which Christ threw upon the earth he who does not propagate the fire shows that he is not burning on the inside, but he who burns propagates the fire. Do you burn this morning? Are you on a mission this morning? Has the love of Christ and the redemption of God so inflamed your heart that you can do none other than tell others about it? Where's your mission? C.S. Lewis put the gravity and weight of that question in these words. Uh, It's a sermon called The Weight of Glory. And he said this, he he said, um, he said, we should come to the gospel with awe because, and conduct our lives in all of our dealings with awe and wonder because all friendships, all loves, all play, all politics, everything that we do, everyone that we meet, we're to be reminded that there are no ordinary people. He said, there are no mere mortals. Everyone you meet this week is immortal. They are either headed on a pathway towards Jesus and eternal joy and salvation, or headed away from Christ and towards destruction. He said, you'll never meet a mortal. He concludes by saying, the blessed sacrament of communion itself, next to that, your neighbor is the holiest thing you will meet this week. Are you on a mission to win folks for Christ. Are you spreading that fire as Emil Bruner said? Let's look at mission for a moment. For the next few minutes, let's look at three things. We're in John chapter 17. Father Tyler just read it. We'll look at the source for our mission. Where does it come from? The sign that we're actually on a mission and the sending forth of people on mission. So the source, the sign, and the sending, three S's. So chapter 17, verses 11 to 19, if you have your Bibles, check with me, make sure I'm not just saying my words, that this is God's word. But what you'll see in chapter 17 is the farewell discourse of Jesus. It's also called the high priestly prayer of Jesus. And if you read it at home after church, you'll see, Lord, I've done this part of your mission, I've completed this part of your mission, I've completed this part of your mission. Then he starts to talk about going away, farewell. So let's look at that, the farewell discourse. He's about to die, he's about to ascend, he's about to go back to the Father. Look at verse 11. He said, I am no longer in the world, I'm about to leave. But they, meaning you, my disciples, they're still in the world, but I am coming to you, Holy Father. Look at verse 12. When I was with them, I kept them in your name, the name that you gave me. I guarded them and lost only one, the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. Look at verse 13. But now, Father, I'm coming to you. He's going to die. He's going to ascend. Hear the farewell language in those statements. I've done my mission on earth. Now I'm about to go back to the Father. So guess what? His mission now becomes our mission. His mission to bring the redemptive work and word of God to the world has now become our mission. He's gone to the Father and left the family business with you and me to go and tell. Look at, remember when he was in the temple? He said, you remember the, the, his parents had left him, they forgot him. Two days journey, go back, oh, where's Jesus? Can't find him. Go back to the temple and he's in there teaching, doing his father's stuff. And they said, son, you, you made us anxious, you made us worry. Why did you stay here? Remember what he said? I must be about my father's business. Now, he was about the Father's business of of teaching and sanctifying in the Word and in the truth, and, and now he's given that truth to us to bear it to the world. Look at verse 18, and you'll see he's passed the family business to us now. He says, As you have sent me into the world, so now I have sent them into the world. Just as you sent me, Father, I now send my disciples. And they became apostles. You ever think of yourself as an apostle? Simply means a sent one, one who continues to do the work of Jesus to bring light in the darkness, to bring the truth into a, a world filled with sin and darkness and error, to bear witness to the continued ministry of salvation in Christ. That's who we are. And guess what? Jesus is depending on us. Two things. Teresa of Avila said this about the disciples of Jesus Christ has no body now but yours, no hands no feet on earth but yours. You're the eyes through which he shows compassion to the world. You're the feet with which he walks to do good in the world. Yours are the hands which he continues to bless the world with. Yours are the hands, yours the feet, you're the eyes, you're his body. Christ has no body now on earth but yours." So you have to have a mission. To be a Christian means your own mission to be Christ to the world. Now, remember the mission is to restore all things to himself, to bring the kingdom of heaven down to earth. We pray it every Sunday, right? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And guess what? We're we're part of that process, but we're not building the kingdom. We are not building the kingdom. Here's what Francis Schaeffer said about that kingdom building project. He said, we're not building God's kingdom. He's building the kingdom his own kingdom, and we are praying for the privilege of being involved in God's work of redemption, praying for the privilege, praying for the mission, just as the Father has sent me, Jesus said, so I am sending them on a mission, a God-sized mission. So what does that mean for us? It means that religion cannot be a private thing if you are a Christian. You cannot say, my relationship with Jesus is between me and Jesus. Can't say that. He sent you into the world just as the Father sent him into the world. You can't worry about when you go and tell people they might call you a Jesus freak. Or they might say, oh, that, that person's so fanatical. They're always talking about Jesus. Uh, our mission is to continue the mission of Jesus. Not to care what the world thinks about us. Religion cannot be private. Second thing, what's the sign to say that we're on a mission? Well, look at verse 13 with me. If you're on the mission, here's the deal. But now I come to you, Father, and these things about my mission, I have spoken to them in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Joy. When you're on a mission from God, it brings joy. Joy because you know it has purpose and meaning and redemptive purpose in the world. So you get to be a part of God's redemptive plan in the world. That brings joy. Jesus' mission was sacrificing for the world that they may know the love of God. Remember, he's about to die. He's about to go to the Father. He had a purposeful sacrifice that brought redemption to the world. Did you know? that Jesus went to the cross with joy on his heart. The mission produced joy. The writer of Hebrews in chapter 12, verse two says this, let us fix our eyes on Jesus because he's the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. And what did he do? Who for joy that was set before him, endured the cross. He knew all the suffering. He knew the sacrifice. He knew what he was giving up on the cross and yet he did it with joy because it would produce fruit, fruit of salvation, and that allowed him to endure all things. Now, the cross doesn't sound too joyful, but he knew that he was on a God-sized mission to redeem and restore all things to the Father. Joy produced endurance. I think about Isaiah chapter 53. Remember that suffering servant passage where or hundreds of years before the coming of Jesus, it taught clearly about who Jesus came to to be and to do. It says he's going to be a man of grief, of sorrows, afflicted, suffering, wounded, a lamb led to slaughter, crushed, put to grief, stricken. And Then at the end he says, and out of the anguish of his soul, he's going to look at his work and be satisfied. It brought him joy. All that stuff he was able to endure because he was on a mission to save people. He was sent from the Father to redeem a broken world. And at the end of that passage, it says, By the knowledge of my servant Jesus, he will make many to be accounted righteous because he's going to bear their iniquities. It made all the cross and sacrifice worthwhile because he bore their iniquities. You know, sometimes I think we as adults lose our mission. We, we lose the, the sacrificial nature of what it means to be a, a cruciform Christian to walk in the way of Christ Jesus. And with that, we lose our joy. Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, where there's no vision, where there's no mission, the people perish. So many adults, we have, have a mission that somehow along the way we lose it. Our kids, they don't lose the mission. We lose the mission. If you ask a child what do you want to do when they grow up, what do they say? Not a one of them will say, well, I want to work in a boring office one day. I want to just punch a clock and push some papers around and sit behind a computer. No. They they want to save the world. They want a God-sized mission. They want to save people and make a difference. I want to be a teacher. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a fireman. I want to be a police officer. I want to make a difference in the world. And somewhere along the way we adults sometimes lose our mission. Do you have a mission? A God-sized mission that produces joy in your heart cuz you know you're part of a redemptive process that's God's alone to bring his kingdom? That's a mission. Sometimes I think we get distracted by personal happiness. We we look inside and we say I want to marry this person, buy this house and have that car and work in this job and that will make me happy." Jesus' mission wasn't about him, was it? It was about what he could sacrifice to redeem the world, to bring love to the world, to share the good news of God in Christ with the world. What's the sign you're in a mission? You have the same kind of joy that Jesus had. And what about the sending off on mission? Who are missionaries here today? We're all missionaries particularly those parents and godparents who just stood before this congregation and said, will you see, be responsible for seeing this child is brought up in the Christian faith and life? And you said, we will. You're on a mission. <laughs> you're on a mission today. Folks in this church who maybe don't have children or godchildren or grandchildren, you're on a mission too. Guess what? Jesus explodes the idea that you have to be biologically connected to somebody to make an impact in their lives. Jesus looked down from the cross, as I just said, and said, John, this is now your mother. Care for her, nurture her, love her. Mama, this is now your son. Care for him, nurture him, and love him. See, we're all connected. We all have a mission. It's a redemptive, loving mission sent to us by the Father. Just as the Father sent me, Jesus said, so I'm sending you. So, here's what Luther said about godly missionary parenting. He said, God has entrusted to your bosom a child to lavish all manner of Christian works upon them. Fathers and mothers are apostles, bishops and priests to their children, for it is they who make them acquainted with the gospel. In short, there is no greater or nobler authority on earth than that of parents for their children. For this authority is both spiritual and temporal. What a wonderful thing. We're all involved in a mission of redemption. Just as the Father sent me, so I'm sending you. A wise clergyman once said, It is a greater, mer- it is a greater mercy to descend from praying parents than to descend from from nobility. It's a greater mercy to have praying parents than to be a noble stock. We're all involved in a mission. Last Sunday, Jim Burns shared with us on Facebook, so I think I can tell the story. (laughs) See, we create missionaries through baptism and here's what a missionary did for him last week. He said, after church this morning, a close friend brought her five-year-old granddaughter up to me because she wanted to give me a paper heart that they made in Sunday school. Church is involved in Mission too. We we want to partner with parents. He says, touched, I asked if I could give her a hug, to which she smiled and said yes. And as they walked away, my friend told me that her granddaughter wanted to give her heart to an old person. (laughs) How awesome is that? (laughs) He said, out of the mouth of babes. Still, he said, it made my day that she gave her heart to me. Somebody's created a missionary. I don't know who that was, but she was on a mission to an older guy, witnessing to the love of Jesus to him. You see, we're all on a baptismal mission. Those who did not take vows for these children, guess what? You stood up and were asked, will you do all in your power to support these persons in their life in Christ? And you said, we will. You're on a mission. You've been sent You're an apostle from God. Your marriage is a mission. Every friendship you have is a mission, particularly if they're lost. The cashier at the checkout line is your missionary territory. You see, if you don't have joy in life, you've probably forgotten that you're a missionary. Mission produces hope and endurance because we know that when God blesses mission, it produces fruitfulness. That allowed Jesus to go to the cross and say, man, I'm willingly going to sacrifice myself because I know that there's fruitfulness to this. There was mission. So, church, you have a mission. Do all in your power to support these persons and one another. Parents, godparents, grandparents, do all in your power to nurture these kids and grow them up in faith in Jesus Christ so that one day they'll stand before the bishop, as several kids will next week, and say, I profess now Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior Jesus explodes the idea of family. We're all part of the family. We're all on a mission. And to God be the glory, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer.